We've got a little bit of a break in the Penguins schedule, so today Hunter and I are going to do some mid-season takeaways and more on this edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome Penguins fans to another edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Patrick Damp. You can follow me on Twitter at synonym for wet joined as always by the illustrious Hunter Hodes. You can follow him on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On NHL to get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. So, as you probably are well aware, we're at about the midpoint of the season. There's a long break here in the schedule as the team is preparing to head to Las Vegas on Saturday night. Lucky them, am I right? And so for this episode today, before we get into our mid-season takeaways and kind of what this team has done through about 41 games, what they have to do the rest of the way out in order to get themselves back into the playoffs and maybe make themselves a contender. We did get some news today that yesterday the team placed forward Redim Zahorna, the guy who was everybody's darling and bell of the ball coming into the season after preseason and training camp. He was placed on waivers. He has officially cleared. He is being sent down to Wilkes-Barre Scranton. And the team has recalled defenseman Ryan Shea for this upcoming little road trip here. And this one's tough, man, because we talked about him, as a lot of people did, extremely glowingly going into this season. We were really expecting him to take the next step, to really become an effective middle six, maybe even fill in top six forward this season And he started off the season fairly well. In the first 10 or so games, he actually looked a lot like the guy who we saw in preseason and training camp. And then since then, he has been in and out of the lineup. He has not been producing. When he's been in the lineup, he has not exactly been an effective forward. He has been demoted plenty of times, healthy scratched even more. And this is tough because he's not so young anymore that you can just go, okay, this is a growing pain, a little bit of a bump in the road. Maybe we're going to see some more from him in the next few weeks, years, months, however long you want to categorize it. He's in his late 20s, so this is a guy who we pretty much know who he is at this point. So, Hunter, what do you think about this news? I'm not surprised by it. I know there are a lot of sickos out there that when this news came out, they were like, oh, what's Kyle Dubas cooking up? Is he making a trade right now? It's just like, no, he's, he's putting someone on waivers that – has not been good the last several weeks to last couple of months, to be honest. And you said it best. We both were really high on Zahorna coming out of training camp and coming out of the preseason because he looked really good in both camp and the preseason. He looked like someone who's, who was potentially going to stick around for the I mean, entire 2023-2024 season. He was so, basically the best player in the yes. preseason and training camp. But that goes he, to he was, show the difference between preseason hockey, right? And regular season hockey, I think. Yeah, and the thing I will say, though, is I do feel there is a bit of a difference in hockey, especially because, at least in the Penguins case, we kind of knew 
who was going to be on the team. There were not a ton of uh, spots up for grabs. And most of the teams that they played in the preseason were younger teams with younger talent who were playing to get spots in the National Hockey League, to stay in the NHL. So the fact that you had a a pretty well-established Penguins team who you knew was going to this was going to be their roster for the most part going into the season, going up against hungry young teams. And he was one of the better players. I think that gives us a little better of a feeling than say not to twist the knife because it's only been a couple of days, not say like the Steelers who had their starters playing backups and got us all excited about, Oh, how good is this offense going to be when they weren't, they're playing guys who aren't taking snaps in the NFL. Whereas guys who they played on in Detroit and Columbus in Ottawa all were fighting for spots and were young and hungry players. And he was doing things in the preseason that really haven't translated over to most of the season. At least it did at the start when he got called up after he was originally sent down, he had five points in his first 10 games. But after that, Pat, only two points in his next 21 games a season. One of those points was a goal, and that was in that blowout win against the Islanders. That's not good enough. Yes, he provided a spark to the third line for a little bit, but this is now the second time where you've seen him come up, play well in a short period or short sample size, I should say, and then kind of fizzle out. I think we know what Zohorna is at this point. He's just a fringe NHL player, you can get away with him being like a 13th forward on your team or something like that. Maybe on some nights he's a 12th forward, but he's not going to be making a big impact in your bottom six on an every night basis. I think that's where we are with him because, you know, even during the preseason, he was using his long reach to his advantage. He showed off his playmaking ability. He showed off his shot. He was playing well on the PK. But the biggest question always was, okay, how is this going to translate over to a full 82 game season because he deserved to be on that team. And at the start of the season, it translated over for those first 10 games. But after that, it went away again, like it did the first time he was up here just a couple of years ago. So again, we kind of know what he is at this point. And I'm not surprised that he was put on waivers and then sent down to Wilkesbury. Ryan Shea was called up for an extra defenseman. Chad Weedle, it looks like is fine. He said to the media, after practice on Wednesday that he actually could have come back into the game if there were more time, but they I guess they wanted to be cautious a little bit, but they just have Shea there as an extra defenseman in case something happens on the road trip. Yeah. And that's smart because we don't know what Ruida left with, but you, it does seem like you have knock on wood, a fairly healthy forward group. So you don't have to worry too much for this little road trip about getting caught but you also you know it's also 2024 getting guys out to the west coast is not exactly going to be the most difficult thing uh but yeah with the the forwards because they don't have an extra one going out to vegas and arizona so they're gonna have to hope that no one gets hurt they didn't place riley smith on ir or ltir today he's actually going on the trip so it seems like good news hopefully the injury is not too too long term but i think in a little bit of a way they are taking a small risk to hopefully not have any other forwards get hurt during that two game swing out in Vegas and Arizona. Yeah. And one other thing we should get to here real quick before we move on to the next segment here and talk about kind of the mid season takeaways of this team. It's been five games since Jesse Pugliarvi was assigned to Wilkes-Barre Scranton on the PTO. If my memory serves me correctly, you get 25 games of a PTO in the AHL before it, expires and because this league 
is an unserious league and their CBA is an unserious CBA. When it expires, they literally could sign him just to another 25-game PTO. So regardless, he so far in five games has all of one goal. And I will say the one goal that he did have, he looked like the best player on the ice because all he literally had to do was skate around a defenseman to an open puck to get an open look through the neutral zone. And that was a nice release. Yeah, I I think that we might be seeing him sooner rather than later uh, as the deadline approaches. Uh, And I also think it's going to depend a lot on what happens with Smith. If this injury is something and they have to put him on LTIR, they may use that space just to give him a contract. But by the looks of it and by the sound of it, he has been a fairly effective forward down in Wilkes-Barre. I will say uh, one thing to keep in mind about the minor leagues Obviously, we want him to look like one of the best players out there. We also know he's been on a pretty long layoff due to the surgery, but it's a less structured type of hockey down there than the NHL. There are a lot of guys running around playing a much different style, so he may not look like the best player, but if he is looking like an effective player, that is a good sign about his recovery and ability to make it back to the National Hockey League. Yeah, he's just got to keep getting his legs under him a little bit more. He's only played a few games in Wilkes-Barre. As I didn't mean to interrupt you while you were talking there, but he did have that really nice finish over the weekend for Wilkes-Barre, looking like the player that we saw when he was healthy last year, year before, and then the year before that, at least when he was actually on the ice and playing. So that was encouraging for him. And hopefully he can build off of that performance, Pat, going forward with Wilkes-Barre, and potentially he can earn a contract with the Penguins. I still remain intrigued or fascinated by him but i still want to see more from him down in there before i potentially would want to give him a contract to come up to the big squad yeah and if you haven't seen that goal uh head to wilkesbury's twitter account and watch it if for nothing else i got to give a shout out to the wilkesbury scranton penguins broadcaster nick hart who did an incredible job of pronouncing his name with the accent with all of the sound you need to pronounce that name it was an awesome goal call and Nick Hart was has always been awesome uh, to me because he was with Wilkes-Barre when I was with Wheeling. So he is a really cool dude who does a really good job of calling games. So if you haven't seen that, you definitely need to go to their Twitter account and watch it because it's so worth it. But I agree with you on the whole, though. Uh, I do think we need to see just a little bit more from him. A couple more goals, a couple more assists. Uh, you know, even if we, we see some highlights and reports out of Wilkes-Barre that you know, he's been kind of a menace on the four check and working really hard and being an effective top six forward there. Then I think we're ready to have the discussion about turning this PTO into a contract and seeing what he can do in Pittsburgh. When we come back, we are going to talk about our midseason takeaways, what we've seen so far from this team and what we're expecting to see from them in the second half of the season. But first, we have to tell you about our first sponsor, and that is Sleeper. We are at the halfway point of the season, like I said, Penguins fans. And as we know, the Penguins are right here in the mix, as we expected, fighting for a playoff spot in a crowded Eastern Conference. But regardless of where they sit in the standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. Now, I know right now at the end of the episode, we are going to talk about our Warrior Helmet. One guy I would certainly be taking right now in sleeper is Sidney Crosby because he is having a renaissance of a season at age 36. 
I also love this app because there's the group and team chat functionality. So I can sit there and trash talk my buddies while we're having our one-on-one -on -one battles here on Sleeper. Entries can be made in under a minute. And all you have to do is pick whether studs like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, McKinnon, the whole lot of them will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. To 100 times your bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Penguins fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. We're back here on this edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Patrick Damp, joined as always by the one and only Hunter Hodes. And here we are. Who would have thought we finally made it? We're at the midpoint of the season. So one half of the season down, one half to go. We're sitting here on the playoff bubble as Penguins fans and as the Penguins franchise. After a season where their record playoff streak was broken last year under just the absolute nightmare that was the Hextall Burke era. Thank goodness we are finally out of that. But this this segment is going to be a lot of basically a mid-season recap for all of our listeners because it's just going to be packaging pretty much everything we have said already this season into a quickly packed segment here because for the first time in a long time, we kind of know who this Penguins team is at mid-season. We aren't sitting here pondering, can they get in? How far can they go? What are they missing? All that. We kind of know what this team is. And we got to start with the obvious, the biggest highlight of this season so far at midseason, Sidney freaking Crosby, man. 36 years old. He's on pace to score the most goals he's scored in his career when he hit 50 in 2010 and won the Rocket Richard along with Steven Stamkos that year. And it has just been. It's been everything this year. It's not just because if you look back at Crosby's career, right? He's always been one of the most complete, most dominant players. But it seems like every year, every couple of years, he would just be really good at one thing. Like early in his career, when he won the Rocket Richard, a bunch of people were like, ah, oh, you know, great player, great playmaker, not a big time goal scorer, goes out, wins the Rocket. And a couple years after that, ah, you know, he's good. He's good. A uh, 200 foot player, all this, but look, can't win faceoffs. Becomes one of the best faceoff players in the league. Uh, he, you know, he's losing the wheels. He's not, he, he's not as fast. He once was goes out and gets faster. And then this year he's doing everything. Well, I've said it on the pot a bunch. He's dragging his team into the fight. He is keeping this team afloat when it looks like they're dead. And it's been an incredible performance to watch top to bottom. And I don't see it slowing down anytime soon, Hunter. It's not going to slow down. I mean, I think he has a very good shot of hitting 50 this year, and I can't believe we're even saying that when he's 36 years old. And he also has a great shot of breaking his point total from last year. He finished last year with 93 points. He's already at 46 through 42 games this year. I think he can definitely hit 93-plus points this year, especially if he continues to go on heaters like he has been this year. He has five points in his last three games. He has brought them back in so many games where it looks like the Penguins really don't deserve to be in these games. But Sid's like, you know what? I'm a great player. 
I'm going to bring them back and I'm going to try to get at least a point, if not two for my team out of this one. And that's one of the main reasons why I think he should be a contender for the Hart Trophy. I know I've seen takes out there from people saying he should be a contender for the Selkie. I'm not fully there just yet because I think this should be Sasha Barkov's year oh, yeah. award. If you look at his defensive impacts, he is, I think, by far the best two-way forward in the league right now. I think people have sit up there just because of maybe this would be a what's the word I'm looking for? It's the, you, people want him to get it for the lifetime achievement. That's award. what I'm looking for. Thank because you. they don't think they don't think he's quite a heart contender this yes. year. So you know what? Let's just give him the Selkie instead. That's exactly the word I was looking for. The the lifetime achievement Selkie award because he's come close to winning it before. He's finished top ten a few times. And then now the voters are like, okay, what he's doing with the Penguins, let's give him the Selkie, especially now that Patrice Bergerod is not in the league anymore. But I get that. I think that's Sasha. And that should be the name of the trophy win. now. Oh, yeah. I, like I, they should have named it that yesterday. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was, he's been the best defensive forward in the league for a long time. I know he's not in the league anymore, but when he was in the league, he was by far the best defensive. Just like forward. we need to rename the Norris trophy the Nick Lidstrom trophy, but uh, it's a different discussion. Uh, yeah. D- different discussion. But yeah, man, the, the level that he's playing at this year. I knew he was going to be great, but if anyone saw this level from Sid coming, I think you may have been lying to yourself just a little bit. Because again, I know how great of a player he is, but I I did not expect him to have 26 goals at the 42 game mark and be on pace to score over 50 goals for the first time since the 2009-10 season. I don't think anyone saw that coming. No, you knew he was going to fight back father time just because that's how he is. He had 33 goals of, all of last year. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you knew he was going to fight back father time just because that's what he does. That's the kind of player in person he is. So that was never in question, but I didn't, none of us saw this coming. So this is, this has been a sight to behold. And if you have your eyes fixated on Sidney Crosby every game as well, you should you're probably covering them in horror when the top power play unit is out there. So that's going to be our other takeaway from this season so far is that it's not just that this power play has been ineffective. It's that it's been both bad. They have not done a lot of changes and it's holding them back. We, we, we're not going to talk too much about it because we already ranted about it. I think earlier this week. So, but when it's straight up losing them games and you have nearly I think it's something like over 3000 points combined on your top power play that this just shouldn't be happening. They have not scored a power play goal in over half of their games this season. That's not acceptable at all. And you can't have a unit with this much talent be in the bottom third of the league. Heck, they were practicing this during Wednesday's practice. They had the top unit out there at times and they had the second unit out there and the, the second year was actually practicing a five on three. And for those that did not see this on social media, Chanson Harkins scored a shorthanded goal on a breakaway because Chris Letang turned the puck over at the blue line. When I saw that tweet go out, I legitimately laughed very hard because it, it's just that sums up the Penguins power play in general this season. And no, my friends, they're not just doing this during games. They're doing it during practice too. It is a completely broken unit through and through. They seem to have absolutely no answers to it. I have lost faith in them to even find even one answer to the problems on this unit for the rest of the season. And if this doesn't get fixed, and I've seen no indication that it will, 
it very well might cost them a playoff spot because you've said it so many times. I've said it so many times. I'll say it one more time here on this show. If they had had a average power play for this season, they'd be comfortably in a playoff spot in top three in the Metro right now. At least, and this might be a little bit of copium from my perspective, but at least it was the second unit that did that in practice and not the top unit. And still bad. Still, but also another ta- another quick takeaway from the season. Penalty kill's been legitimately great all season long. And now on the other side of that, you would hope going up against a great unit in practice would help the power play, but I digress. Lastly, and certainly not leastly for this takeaway at the midseason, another thing, like I said at the top, it's stuff that we're just basically regurgitating from this podcast's season so far. Goaltending, it's been a strength. And there looks like there might be a little bit of a cooling off with uh, Alex Nadelkovic. But overall, Tristan Jari and Alex Nadelkovic have been more than av- as advertised. And Again, you know, it's like we were just saying about the power play between this team having a really good penalty kill, extremely strong five on five numbers and very good goaltending. This should be a team that's making a run at the Metropolitan Division, not fighting to get into the playoffs. I agree. And if you look at the stats right now, the Penguins have the fourth best all situation save percentage in the NHL at 916. They're only behind Vancouver, Boston and Winnipeg. If you saw that coming at the halfway point of this season, I would like to know what your lottery luck is, to, to be honest, well, because they've and- been tremendous all year. Tristan has really found his game again over the last week, week and a half. Alex Ndelkovic has had a couple of men starts this season, but 95% of his other games have been awesome. I, I mean, I didn't see this coming at all. Well, and to your point, the teams that you named about their all-situation save percentage, it's all Vesna candidates. It's Connor Hellebuck. It's both the Bruins goalies. It's Thatcher Demko in Vancouver. All guys who are going to be in the conversation for the Vesna trophy this year. And then you have Jari and Nadelkovic right there with them. So maybe we start having that discussion. I don't think so just because there's two and it's not even a, a shot at Jari. There's just so many guys above him right now that are just better. And that's not an insult to Jari. That's just the fact that right now there are a, probably six or seven, maybe eight goalies in the league that are just that good. So a good year for goaltending. Overall, I do see this team for my final takeaway. I see them getting back into the postseason. They're really starting to figure it out this last month or so. Once this power play finally, hopefully figures something out, the five-on-five play, the, the, the ingredients are there for this to keep up. Penalty kill has continued to be good. And with Crosby playing the way he's playing, and same for guys like Latang, Gensel, Rust, even Malkin, this is a team that's going to make the playoffs. I agree. I do think they're going to find a way to sneak in, whether it's for a wild card spot or whether it's top three in the Metro. If they can maybe get Philadelphia out of there to get top three in the Metro, that would be big. Or if they can sneak past Detroit, who has really found its game over the last week, week and a half, I do see this team getting back in the playoffs. Just a couple more small ones before we wrap up. I will say I think the depth has been as we expected it to be this season. Lars Eller has been better than I thought he would be. I've really been impressed with his work in the offensive zone and the defensive zone. Drew O'Connor, while he had a slow start to the season, he has really picked it up 
over the last three three weeks. He's been one of their best players in the bottom six this season. That's been great to see. And then for, I guess, a disappointment, Ryan Graves, for the most part, has been pretty disappointing this season in the first year of his long-term deal. Though I will say the last week and a half or two weeks, he has played a little bit better, getting some third-pairing minutes with Chad Riedel has definitely helped his game a little bit. It got him a promotion back up to playing with Eric Carlson. And I will say, since he got that promotion, he has played a little bit better. It's baby steps. Let's see if he can continue to play at that level. But last week and a half, two weeks, it's been better. But outside of that, still pretty big disappointment considering how big of a signing that was over the summer. For sure. That has definitely been a disappointment. And here's the hope, and he turns it around because some positive signs have shown up in the past week or so. But We'll see if that's just a small sample size or if the trend continues. But we got one last thing to do, and that's give out our Warrior Helmets because it is Wednesday. We're going to name our MVPs of the week, and we're going to do that right after this. So we have to tell you about our next sponsor, which is eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Welcome back, Penguins fans, to this final segment of the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm Patrick Damp, joined as always by Hunter Hodes. And like I said, it's the Wednesday edition So that means it's time for us to do what we do every single Wednesday. And that's hand out our MVP, the warrior helmet Hunter. The floor is yours. Who gets the warrior helmet from you this week? So I know who you are going to give it to. And I was probably going to give it to that person, but I'm going to be maybe a smidge different and give it to Tristan Jari for this week. I think the last week he has played at a very high level. He came in for relief of Alex Delkovich during the Canucks game, had a 950 save percentage. It was one of the biggest reasons why the Penguins got a point out of that game outside of Sidney Crosby. He made some tremendous saves in the second period where the Canucks were continuing to push before the Penguins really took it to them in the second half of that period and in the third period. I thought he was great. Even in the Carolina game, he was 9-14. He gave them a chance to win that game. Yeah, the overtime goal from Pesci was a little weak, but I still thought overall he had a pretty solid game. And then again, Seattle gets a shout out his fifth of the season. While he didn't have to do that much, when he did have to make a couple of timely saves, he made them. And he's continued to play at a high level this season, looking like a 1A goalie. Tristan Jari gets my warrior helmet for this week, but if I had a 1B, if I had maybe a maybe very mini helmet, I would give it to Sidney Crosby, and I'm fairly sure that's who you are going to give it to as I hand this over to you. Yeah, spoiler alert, that is it, but here's how I'm going to here's how I'm going to approach this one this week because I don't want to be difficult or different. You know, I don't want to do the heart trophy voting thing where it's like, "Well, he's the obvious one, so let's do the not obvious guy." Uh if I, I'm going to take out my imaginary saw and I'm going to cut my warrior helmet in half, one half is going to go to, as you said, Sidney Crosby 
five points in three games, another great week. He has kept this team afloat and been an absolute terror at age 36. My other half, I'm going to go with Drew O'Connor. I think we talked about him in the midseason takeaways. Only a goal in the last week, but his overall play in the last week, week and a half, has been really solid. He has earned and continued to keep a promotion into the top six. We have seen it so many times with, you know, we all know the acting of Fulham and me, Mark Donk and Buzz Flibbit. We have seen the, a number of those guys get promoted up to the top six. They look good for a game or two, and then it's right back to cratering. And similar to what I said about the Penguins five on five play, where all the, the, ingredients are there for it to continue all the ingredients are there for drew o'connor to keep playing the way he's been playing he's finally starting to find a finishing touch he's going to the front of the net he's great on the four check and he's not deferring to guys like malkin he's not just going oh i'm on getting malkin's line i gotta give any malkin the puck he's not afraid to carry the puck he's not afraid to shoot the puck and he's not afraid to hold on to it when he needs to hold on to it which is the sign of a guy who's really starting to come into his own as a younger NHLer who could fit in a top six role for more than just a cup of coffee. So Crosby for the obvious, because he has been absolutely incredible drew O'Connor, just because I have really, really liked his game the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's been awesome. I mean, he's been knifing through guys at times during games. He's making small little plays with the puck on his stick that he really wasn't making earlier this season or even last season when he was up with the Penguins. He looks like a bona fide NHL player right now. And I think that's going to continue for the rest of his career. I don't think he's going to hopefully go through some of these big slums like he was earlier this season or even last season. I think he has established himself as a true depth, good third line player on this team. And obviously he's playing with Evgeny Malkin right now. So that's big. And he hasn't looked out of place there, which is massive as well. But even worst case, if he's not up there for at times this season, uh, having him on your third line is a luxury because he's been great for these last several weeks. And I think that's going to continue for the season. So that's two really good choices for you. But yeah, if I had to cut mine in half, I would give my first one to Jari considering the week he had. And then the obvious Sidney Crosby with five points in his last three games and continuing this ridiculous season that he's had. Yeah. A lot of good points. Top to bottom. Can't disagree. And the Penguins may be on a little bit of a mini break, but the Locked On Penguins podcast is not. We will keep this train rolling tomorrow with another episode. And then on Friday, we will be back to get you ready for some late night Penguins on Saturday when they travel to Las Vegas. But that is going to do it for the Wednesday edition for Hunter Hodes. I am Patrick Damp. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Locked On Penguins podcast, and we will talk to you tomorrow.